Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Molly. And Molly, we got a really busy Royals week. I know, so much going on. I mean, like really huge stuff, huge, huge stuff. All right, well, let's get to our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Prince William's party for Princess Diana. We were just talking about this before. He uh, threw this uh, party to thank donors who helped bring Diana's statue to life. Of course, that was unveiled back in July. Prince Harry came to that. They unveiled this statue in Kensington Gardens. It is now open to the public, or it has been open to the public, and this was a way to say thank you. This was supposed to happen during COVID, but obviously everything with COVID happened. And so now they had this big event and Harry did not come. And it's once again, very star studded event, right? I think Elton John and, you know, a lot of really sort of hoity toity people showed up. So it seems like this, yeah, this whole celeb thing is becoming a part of the Cambridge's brand. And I know a lot of people are going to say it's retaliation for Harry and Meghan being celebrities and that they're copying because that's what everybody says whenever either couple does anything. Uh, But yeah, I think it's, it makes sense. And, you know, Elton John's been friends with Diana and Charles and William for decades, actually. So yeah, no, it goes back a very long time. And this was just a way for, you know, them to kind of get together, honor Diana and uh, say thank you. But yeah, we said before, you know, yes, Harry and uh, Megan, of course, they can't come to everything. But like you said, this seems like something that maybe he would have wanted to come to. Maybe they I mean, who knows? They might have had something else in their schedule, but it just feels like a kind of a big deal. But like we said, he is reaching out to the donors directly. I mean, a source does tell us that. So um, I guess he's doing his part that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to talk about these big Earthshot Awards. The environmental program aims to find new ideas and technologies around the world to tackle climate change. Prince William organized the first ever event, and it seems like it was a big success. Take a look. For too long, we haven't done enough to protect the planet for your future. But Earthshot is for you. In the next 10 years, we are going to act. Yeah, we had uh, Kate present, uh, obviously William was there, Ed Sheeran, Emma Watson, Coldplay. It was it was a big, big to do. 
Yeah, really cool. It's it's so awesome that they were able to get all of these people together and start their own sort of like landmark award event that is going to be happening every year. Yeah. So they they're going to be awarding five winners every year until 2030. Mm -hmm. So this is a long term plan. And they gave out a million pounds to each of the five winners. So it's amazing, you know, really just putting their money where their mouth is literally. Yeah, no, it's so true. And it looked beautiful too. the stage that was set up and, um, you know, the, and like we said, it had some big stars there. And I have to say, William really br brought up his fashion game at this award show. I know. Mm -hmm. And both he and Kate were rewearing things they had already worn, yeah. um, which is really nice because it's sustainable. But selfishly, I'm like, come on, I want to see it new outfit. I always want to see a new outfit on Kate, you know, but yeah. they, they asked guests to consider the environment when choosing their outfit. And one person I think who really went, uh, the whole nine yards is Emma Watson, who wore an outfit made from 10 recycled wedding dresses. I love this. So she looked awesome. Really cool. yeah. yeah. We hadn't seen her on a red carpet in a very long time. So this was a great way for her to see her again. And, you know, we see in uh, videos that uh, Emma, Ed Sheeran, Kate and William were all kind of seen talking together. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great night. And like you said, this is the first of many. We're going to be doing this until 2030. Probably I'm sure that they'll extend it even longer, but a great way to bring awareness to the environment. And congratulations to all those winners, because that's a lot of money to do a lot of good. Right. It's I mean, it's awesome. It's just mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Well, before the event, uh, Prince Charles actually spoke out praising his son for all of his hard work. I would imagine that he is pretty proud of him. Yeah, because Prince Charles has been beating this drum since like the 80s. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think, yeah, he must be really happy. He said he's proud of him for his growing commitment to the environment and the bold ambition of the Earth Earthshot prize. So yeah, it's nice that they're sort of just giving each other a little public pat on the back, I guess. Totally. Yeah. And um, Prince Charles, like you said, he has been doing his part for a very long time, but he also has a documentary cop 26 in your hands. So that is coming out. So take a look at a little sneak peek from this. When I was his age, people had no idea about the damage they were doing. But by the time I was a teenager, I started to see that if we didn't stop polluting our planet, we would face a very dangerous future indeed. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, climate change seems to be what everybody is talking about and what they're really, really focusing on. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting how different this documentary is from the stuff that William has been focusing on, because with this one, um, it's featuring six young climate change activists from all over the world whose lives have already been affected by mm -hmm. climate change and how the environment where like there's a there's a girl from Cameroon. There's a boy from Australia. There's a boy from Brazil. Like they're from all over and they're talking about the actual changes that have already occurred. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see them the royal family kind of attacking this from all angles. Yeah, no. And I mean, he, he brought up a good point how, you know, Prince George doesn't really know, you know, what effects that this is going to happen on him or, you know, how his life will change if they don't start combating it right now. So definitely a lot of ways to raise awareness. And Queen Elizabeth actually voiced her frustration about climate change at the COP26 summit in Glasgow. Take a listen. <laughs> not mincing words. <laughs> I know she said it's very irritating when they talk, but don't do, I mean, I, and for her to say something is very irritating. I think that means like 
I'm extremely, <laughs> extremely pissed off because like everything they say in the royal family is like the most understated way of saying it. So if she finds it very irritating, like, ooh, yeah. don't come in her crossfires. Absolutely yeah. not. And a lot of people talking because she's been making some public appearances um, that she's been shown with a cane for the first time in a while. Obviously, she's 95 years old. She looks absolutely amazing and probably just needs a little assist. Yeah, I mean, it. I can't believe she hasn't had one. It's mm-hmm. almost, you know, more weird, not weird, but more surprising that it's yeah. taken this long for her to sort of be walking around with one. So I wouldn't worry. And I think it's just, yeah, it's par for the course. Definitely. It's a nice little fashion accessory, too. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, before um, Prince William stepped out for the award show, he gave his opinion on William Shatner's trip to space. And spoiler alert, he wasn't really a fan of it. He said, we need some of the world's greatest brains and minds fixed on trying to this planet, not trying to find the next place to go and live. I think that ultimately is what sold it for me. That really is quite crucial to be focusing on this planet rather than giving up and heading out into space to try and think of solutions for the future. What do you think? Does he have a point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not mad at William Shatner because whatever he was on Star Trek. It's kind of cute that he's going to space. I think it's more just all of the billionaires who are making a point out of doing this. And, you know, William, I do love this very unexpected feud, though. I think this is really (laughs) (laughs) So William Shatner like clapped back at him and he said um, he's got the wrong idea. He's a lovely, gentle, educated man, but he's got the wrong idea. And he said, this is a baby step into the idea of getting industry up there so that pulling all those industries, for example, the ones that make electricity off of Earth. And it's like, oh, so we're going to pollute space instead. I don't think this is really what William is talking about either. Like, I don't think. No, I think like William's like, use your money and use it for other ways to kind of help the planet and focus on ways to help rather than sending celebrities into space. Right. And like sending, like eventually just like sending pollutants into space because we're going to just fill up this planet with them so much. It's like, oh my God, I can't even believe that's an option. (laughs) It's great. What world do we live in right now? (laughs) All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty and Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan are are actually responding to rumors about their daughter, Lilibet's christening. Of course, um, we reported a couple of weeks ago that there were reports that Prince William was the one to say, no, we are not having uh, Lilibet's christening at Windsor Castle. But they actually come out, came out and said that there's actually no plans in the, in the works as of right now. Right. Well, they said the plans have not been finalized. Right. So that makes me think that, like, there are some plans yeah. and something is going to happen. Will it be in the UK or will it be like a la their Remembrance Day wreath placement of like just them in a field with a cameraman? You know, like I will. We'll see, I guess, because this makes me think it is going to happen somewhere. It's going to happen somewhere. I feel like it's going to be in California. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not going to be, you know, we're not, they're not going to make a big to do about it. They wanted, you know, they wanted the first time around for it to be more private affair. You know, they didn't really do uh, like the big, I mean, they did do a photo op, but it wasn't really the grand thing that we, that we, that we usually see and that we're usually used to. So they they broke protocol a lot back in the day. So I don't think that they're going to jump on a plane to head on over there and kind of go along with royal tradition. Right. I've never heard someone, I've never heard of someone flying somewhere to christen their child. No, yeah. I've never heard of it in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, especially with everything going on with COVID too. I'm sure they don't want to take a four month old baby um, on the plane and things like that. I don't know who knows, but uh, we'll see. It is interesting, the different approach where like 
like you said, with Archie, it was private, private, private. Mm-hmm. And now with Lilibet, it's like what we're like talking about it. And it hasn't been like no one has denied that it could take place in Windsor. It's really interesting how much th- things have changed. You know, it, it really is. It really is. Well, this is actually interesting. So a 2015 interview with Meghan Markle has been uncovered and many things she actually predicted her royal exit even before she knew Harry. Obviously, she can't predict the future, but she did have some telling things to say on how she approached life pretty much. Yes. So she talked about being a girl boss, which is really like hilariously 2015. I mean, if everyone was talking about being a girl boss back then, it wasn't like a ironic thing yet. It was right. So that was really sweet that she talked about that. She talked about knowing your values. She talked a lot about saying no to things, talking Mm -hmm. about being comfortable saying no um, and having a sense of self-worth. She said, don't get involved in inter-office politics. I mean, it it is really funny how much it sort of mirrors her experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was headstrong in her ways and she knew exactly what she wanted and she kind of carried that into the royal family. And that's kind of how they ended up where they are, I think. (laughs) And it's interesting how open she was before she had this huge platform. Mm -hmm. I guess it's natural that as more people, as you become known to more people, you close off more. But, you know, there are so many old interviews with her where she'll just talk about anything. She's an open book. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you know, you you go like six months without seeing her. Right. Yeah. We haven't seen her. We haven't seen her in a very, very long time. So, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. She was in New York. That was the first time we saw her in a long time. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, but like, it's not like in London, you don't see them out and about because I think they're pretty much homebodies. I don't think they, they really go out that much besides to like events and things like that. So, I don't know. All right. Well, a poll was conducted by the Mail on Sunday and it shows that the Brits want Prince William to be king over Prince Charles. I feel like this is not new news. <laughs> right. So, apparently, 41% of readers uh, who took this poll, want William to take the throne and only 30% want Charles to do it. Um, And also Harry has a positive, a positive rating of only 30%, but he is the Royal. Most people would like to have a drink with. So that's really interesting. I I agree with that one. I think Harry would be be the one I'd want to have a drink with as well. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Or maybe I think Kate could like low key be pretty fun on a girl's night. Totally. Y'all saw those paparazzi pictures back in the 2000s. <laughs> right. And Megan, too. Megan's blog was named after wine. I think they would all be really fun to go and just like have a drink with. Have, totally. Totally. All right. Well, it is time to break down our royal rules. And to help us do that is author of Megan and the Unmasking of the Monarchy, Andrew Morton. Take a look. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. It is always an absolute pleasure to have you um, to join us and give us your insight. And of course, we are talking about the re-release of your book. Um, So what made you want to kind of, um, you know, add some more chapters to this and some more information? And what are people going to learn? Well, I mean, when you do a paperback based on a hardback, you do about 500 words and, and then that's it. This was 30,000 words, because when you look at it, everything that's happened has happened since just about since the wedding. So I left her poised to walk down the aisle. And then I picked up the story with her walking down the aisle without her father mm-hmm. uh, and with Prince Charles. So in a way, it, it's taken the narrative of her life from b- before she married Prince Harry to today now in a palace in in, in um Montecito yes. in California Crazy. wow so I mean it's been I have to say it's been an astonishing journey and I don't think um 
anybody would have predicted uh, the outcome uh, of, of what's happened over the last three years. Right. So how has your opinion of Megan changed over the past few years, if at all? Well, I think that uh, I thought that she was a team player before um, and she was known as a team player on Suits. And when she joined the royal family, she made every effort to, you know, to, to get involved. Uh, she became she she converted to uh, uh, Church of England. She um, changed her nationality and was going to become a Brit. Uh, and she gave up her all her um, social media accounts, dropped her the fact that she was a patron of various charities, and she seemed to be, you know, willing to be integrated in, into the royal family. I think that what's happened is that we it is a, a small tragedy for the royal family that that they've lost someone who. Uh, was relevant to a, a section of the population that they couldn't really reach. So I think what's happened, so, so she and Harry have, have you know, uh, shown that they're not prepared to accept what is put in front of them, mm-hmm. make their own way. You did, you did say earlier that, you know, listening to Megan's interview and Harry's interview, it was very reminiscent of Diana. I mean, did it kind of take you back to, you know, speaking with Diana at that time? Was yeah, that absolutely. It, it, I mean, the fact it was it was like deja vu all over again. Um, it was the, the fact that um, Megan was talking about her sense of isolation. The fact that she felt a prisoner in the palace was were virtually word for word what Diana said to me. The fact that. Diana went from fairy tale princess to a fiend and a monster, according to the gossips in in Britain in in the uh, shortly after her wedding, uh, and the fact that Meghan was had gone went from Duchess dazzling to Duchess difficult mm-hmm. within a few short months. The fact that both of them had difficult pregnancies, both of them felt isolated and alone. It was it was remarkable. I found I found. So there have been reports that William's alleged bullying contributed to Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family. Do you think there's any truth to that? Well, both of them took the unprecedented step of saying that it wasn't true uh, in in an official statement. Um, But there have been consistent reports saying that that William was verbally bullying of of Harry. Um, I think that in a way... You know, it was a, a contributory factor, contributory factor, but but the the main impetus was the you know the fact that they felt they couldn't step back as senior royals and be as it were half in and half out of the royal family, and they had to make the full break. I mean, the irony is that Princess Elizabeth, before she became queen. Uh, soon, very shortly after she married, went off to Malta for a couple of years with her husband, who was in the Royal Navy. So there was, so there was no pressure on Meghan and Harry to be, to you know to work their fingers to the bone for the royal family. They could have just established themselves as 
were as as gently working members of the royal family, or even have gone abroad to Botswana or wherever he fancied, and done something else other than working for the royal family. They didn't have to do it. There was no pressure on them, uh, and uh, but they they wanted to to pitch in, uh, and that's what caused the issues. And I think that the, the, the one thing that people have to appreciate is that inside the royal family, it doesn't matter how popular you are, it's down to your position in the line of succession. And Meghan and Harry came back from a, a very uh, popular uh, figures from, from uh, Australia and, and the South Seas, but they were still always going to be number two and number three to him. To Harry, uh, to, to to William, and then subsequently to George and uh, and Charlotte and Louis, and I think this is something that they couldn't come to terms with. That that, that yes, they were popular, but they didn't have the position, and it's something that's happened to every single member of the royal family. I mean, Princess Margaret was once second in line to the throne, and when she was married to Tony Armstrong Jones, Lord Snowden, she was. She and Tony Armstrong Jones were, were, were the most glamorous couple on the planet, along with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Richard Burton, and you know, but the, but, it, but it all was dissipated as Charles and Anne um, grew and developed and had their own uh, uh, publicity and court, and as it were, courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that, or do you know if Harry has any type of relationship now with William and Charles? Do you know if they're speaking at all or is... <laughs> well, if I was Prince Charles, I'd be looking for a pile of coats to hide under because um, I think that uh, the the, uh, the book that's going to come out next year is written by someone who spent a long time investigating father-son relationships because he ghost wrote a book on Andre Agassi who had a difficult relationship with his father. So I think we're going to see uh, uh, Charles uh, once more in the firing line. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you know of anything? So if I was was Prince Charles, I'd I'd be looking for a hard hat and a flat jacket. Do you have any idea of what kind of revelations that might come forward in this book? No. Well, I mean, he'll be talking about his, his army days. He'll be talking mm-hmm. about um, how he got involved in the Victor's Games. I mean, you know, the thing about Harry is that you, if, you, if you ask him a straight question, he'll give you a straight answer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and in, the book's written now. So, um, you know, in the old days, there'd be a bunch of journalists trying to nick the manuscript. <laughs> so, so the book is written and, it will, and we'll, we'll get our hands on it soon. Well, it's, no, it's out next year, isn't it? Yeah. In the meantime, you could have to make do with my my. Oh, well, I'm very happy with yours. I <laughs> lots of information in this one too. Um, we'll definitely pick up the re-release of his book. Andrew always has a, amazing insight, um, so it's wonderful to get the chance to speak with him again. Right. I mean, he goes back so far with mm-hmm. uh, the royal family as you know a chronicler of them, and he he just knows his stuff for he sure. He does know his stuff definitely, it's a, and it's a great read too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in our royal history moment of the week, it is being reported that Queen Elizabeth has been advised to put down that daily cocktail. That is a travesty. <laughs> 
I mean, same, you know, like we're all in this boat post lockdown where the doctors are like, maybe not wine every single night. <laughs> so, so the queen, yeah, she's been told to give up her martini that she has every night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says they, the insider told Vanity Fair, it's not a big deal for her. She's not a big drinker, but it seems a trifle unfair that at this stage in her life, she's having to give up one of very few pleasures. Um I feel like she's just going to keep drinking. I, I feel like that too. I was going to say my grandma is, she's uh, about to be 91. And if you tell her to do something, she is not going to listen. So. Right. And she's made it this far. And her mother also was a big drinker and she made it into her hundreds. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's going to be rushing to, you know, give up the martinis. Seriously, drink up. Bottoms up, Queen Elizabeth. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on our royal kids. And Prince William revealed that his daughter, Charlotte, believes in unicorns. Take a look. Well, I think if you talk to my daughter, she'd say they were real. Um, Obviously, it's a trade secret, so I can't possibly comment. This is adorable. And um, I feel like Charlotte's love for unicorns has been um, long documented. Yes, she she's always wearing like unicorn accessories and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had never put together before that the unicorn is Scotland's national animal. And it's sort of a symbol like in London, you see like unicorns engraved into things everywhere it's sort of like a symbol of the uk and particularly of scotland so it's kind of cool that she's carrying that on even though it's like pink and sparkly it's i it, love it, that that's yeah, adorable and i love that you know um well prince william did his first uh, instagram q a so that's where this kind of came about and um i love getting little tidbits about the kids and what they're into and last week we we found out that george was into spiders this week charlotte unicorns hopefully they'll drop a little uh info about what Louis is into as well i know what could it be i hope it's something spooky for halloween i know i wish that they would release um halloween costumes of the kids i think that would be i know well people don't get as into it and that's right yeah Mm -hmm. kind of a bummer yeah definitely well hopefully they just do something at home which i think would be cute all right well molly thank you so much for running down all things royals with me as always thank you christina all right for much more than royals head on over to usmagazine.com and check back royally us every wednesday on us weekly's youtube channel and make sure to listen to our podcast royally us wherever you get your podcasts we'll see you guys next week bye yeah